I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen... I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Show. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Blake Harrison. How are you, mate? Very, very good. Very good. I am um, I'm not in the usual place, as you might be able to see if you're watching this on YouTube. YouTube? YouTube. Uh, I am at my mother-in-law's, uh, in the spare bedroom of my mother-in-law's house. So uh yeah there's all sorts of weird stuff going on there's um there's hats there's I've never seen my mother-in-law wear this hat in her life I'm liking that on but you This is thanks very much that's here another thing I've never seen anyone wear some kind of knitted beanie I don't know there's just stuff and I I don't know where it's come from never seen it before so uh, so this is what I'm dealing with I'm trying to uh record a professional podcast here guys mm. and uh i'm having to deal with all this nonsense but uh yeah. there you go i feel like i'm working with fucking amateurs mate yeah how dare you um but yeah how are you doing you're in the I'm usual okay. place i'm in the usual place yep and uh and, and we're recording this uh on the sunday following uh the uh, ufc paris card and uh i mean firstly whenever you get a a, a card that is in Europe, A, it's brilliant, but when it's like even as close as Paris, there's just that hour difference in time, oh. and you just think, oh, I can watch it on a Saturday night. It's I just know. a gift from the gods, isn't it? Like the little, the little MMA gods just bestow that upon us, and uh, and I'm all over it. But, I mean, I, I sat at home and, and watched it on the sofa and, uh, and was doing some bits and bobs on the, uh, on, on the fan show socials. Um, no such graft for you, was it? Hobnobbing <laughs> with the celebs, weren't you? So, so I mean, we've not even spoke about it yet, so I want to know all about how it went. It was great. So, basically, for anyone who doesn't know, the, uh, TNT Sports, uh, home of uh, UFC in the UK now, uh, they uh, they put on, like, a watch-along thing in a bar in... Um, in It was in Bank uh, in, in London. 
and uh, it was great. So it was Nick Pete was was hosting the event. We had uh, Jack Shaw there and uh, comedian Rob Beckett and myself, and the four of us were just watching the whole of the main card for for three hours and uh, and like talking about all sorts really obviously could focus in on the fights that were coming up and stuff but you know when you've got someone like like rob beckett there who's an incredibly funny guy and is uh you know he's kind of still learning a bit about the ufc and mixed martial arts and, and stuff like that we were talking about all sorts of stuff and it was really really great fun and it, it was a really good card to be doing it on because i think you can very easily say oh the Paris card was very French heavy. There wasn't a huge amount of big names outside of the, you know, the main and co-main event, but it was actually still really good fun. because a lot of the fights were really good. Uh, and you could hear the atmosphere from the crowd, that French crowd. Wow. Were ridiculous. Um, it, it so was yeah, huge, so wasn't it? it was great. It was great. I, I, I brought a few mates along as well and, uh, they were looked after really well. They were downstairs with like so many screens. But this bar was really great. Good, Ah, uh, I can't remember what it was called. I want to say Goodwood or Goodwell or something like that. But it was a good bar. I don't know. Um, and they had screens everywhere showing the fights. And my mates and stuff, they had some money like behind the bar. And they were like, let's get some food, get some drinks, like having a good time, watching the fights, chatting away. I was upstairs like working. I mean, it's not really work. But, you know, it was it was great. It was really good fun. Really, really enjoyed it. Wonderful, wonderful. As uh, As the tank, is he all right? The tank is good. He's uh, still got a slight injury in his arm. He'll hopefully be uh, uh, back to training soon. Obviously, he's, he's little boy is only six weeks old, right. I think. That's so right. he's. But he says, you know, Touchwoods is still sleeping. Not not too bad with the sleep. He's he's all right. And uh, obviously, Shaky, his dad, Richard Shaw, he's doing very very well as well. So yeah, it seems like good times in the Shaw household. Hopefully, he can get. Um, Get that little. He's got like a wrist cast thing. Uh, mm. Get that off soon. Get back to training and hopefully get a fight. I think he wants to try and have a fight. Did he say early next year? So maybe right. January, February of right. next year, or maybe he just waits for the March card. I don't mm. know because he was. You would assume the UFC is back in in London in March. Sure. So sure. Um, so maybe that's Shaky's a good, got his a good work cut out anyway. Shaky's got another another one of his stable in the UFC now. Yes. Did, you, did, you, did you mention Oban to Jack? I did, I did. I mentioned Oban on the, on the broadcast as well. You're talking to to Jack and um, and about Shaw MMA and uh, and we we mentioned Oban doing well on the Contender Series and I said like and we were both talking even off air about like what a fight and what mm. determination it was. I think Jack was saying that when he got him back to the corner, I think it was the end of maybe the the second round was it when he was really in trouble and, and nearly got finished and he could tell Oban was maybe not quite there, not quite mm. with it, but. Um, you know that that Oban Elliot is made of just sterner stuff than you or I, and just went out there and did the business in the third round. I mean, what an uh, yeah! I could talk about that all day. That was so phenomenal his performance on the Contender Series. So best of luck to him. I hope uh, he gets a fight when he when he wants it in the UFC and uh, and he does really well in it. Absolutely right. Well, look, let's start at the top, and uh, we, 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 we'll kick things off with the big boys and uh, Sergei Spivak versus uh, Cyril Garn. Um, I mean, we saw a masterclass from Garn, didn't we? I mean, that, that was flawless, that performance. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, he was just able to pick his shot. Spivak just didn't really do much. Um, going into the fight, 
I felt like it was a really good fight because I kind of felt like Spivak has struggled with Garn style, like the last guy with kind of athleticism and good footwork and striking that he fought was Aspinall, who just dispatched him inside a round. And Garn has struggled with Spivak style, someone that can take you down and, and, and grind you out and submit you, stuff like that. And, you know, you look at Garn's resume, John Jones, all right, elite of the elite when it comes to grappling and fighting in general, but he really didn't put in a good performance against Jones. Um, and then the other I think that was that was part of why he put that statement in last night. Maybe, uh, yeah, and it would make sense. Um, and then the other time was against Francis Ngannou, who is not a grappler, but was able to out grapple him for for the last three rounds of their five round fight, and and won the decision over him. And Ngannou had one knee during that fight, mm. so it did make me think. Do you know what? Spivak's got a real chance here, but I think what was really lacking was Spivak and Garn were just different ends of the like athleticism spectrum. Like Spivak was stuck in the mud. He was plodding around. And when Garn avoided like his first takedown and I think literally like jumped or hopped out of it, um, I think you could see Spivak went, ah, this this might be a bit bit more tricky than I thought to try and get him down. And then after that there didn't really seem like any great opportunities where he shot and he, and he shelled up a lot. I don't know if he just took too many hits to the body early on, but he was there was loads of moments where he was getting backed up and he just covered up and allowed Garn to pick his shots. Garn was able to just kind of faint a couple of times. Spivak's guard would go up and he wasn't thinking about throwing back. He wasn't thinking about shooting for a takedown. He was just thinking about protecting himself. And Garn was able to just... Okay, your guard's there. I'm going to go around the guard, or I'm going to hit the body. I'm going to, and it was just, it was. I think it was almost too easy for Garn, and it makes me think: Have we really learned that much about Cyril Garn from that performance? Because that was a performance that wasn't too dissimilar to Taito Ivasa, wasn't too dissimilar to Derek Lewis. He wasn't challenged in the ways that I wanted him to be challenged in this, and see to see if he could overcome it. Like, would he be put on his back and actually be able to get up? We didn't see any of that. And it still makes me think that there could still be a huge hole in Cyril's Garn, Cyril Garn's game on the ground, but we just weren't able to witness it because Spivak didn't have the athleticism to close the distance and get him down. That, 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 what you finished on there, that was the, the main thing I took from it. He just couldn't make that distance up. You could tell he wanted to get in and clinch and he wanted to sort of, you know, ragdoll him about, but... But Garn just used the octagon so well and just completely yeah. controlled the the, the 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 pace of it, that that you know where the the position he was just moving nicely and just and he just looked so relaxed, yeah. and I think he just looked very very calm in the way he was throwing his shots and I I think quite quickly Spivak just thought I'm in Bavaria. And yeah. and I think some of them early shots just just took their toll. And I think in the end it was like I don't know if I want to see any more of this because it, it, he, it's a very one sided fight. And and as much as that we're talking sort of you know to to the detriment of Spivak, I think that also you know we should be focusing on it was a, a perfect fight um, by Garn. I, I I thought he absolutely nailed it and he made it look easy and this is Sergei Spivak you know this is not a this is no joke and he made it look easy now I guess we should now talk about what's next for Garn obviously Aspinall was there we've seen I don't know if you saw the footage of Garn hitting the the the, the punch bag machine and 
and uh, and and Bispin and Aspinall were there chatting, and it all looked very very friendly. How can you not be friendly with Cyril Garn? I mean, the guy yeah. is just a walking smile, isn't he? And like, um, and he, he you know he just seems like a very very lovely guy. Um, I, I mean, that you know, Bispin mentioned Aspinall. Garn, you know, didn't sort of commit to. I didn't think. Well, I didn't hear anything uh, from no. him that, that sort of led him to believe that he wanted to fight. I don't think that's a good matchup for Cyril Garn. Um, I, I, I think that um, Aspinall's well-rounded game could, could could really come into play here, and and you know because I think he could stand. He could certainly box Cyril Garn, and uh, as much as Cyril's game is great. Aspinall's boxing is, is phenomenal. They've both got fantastic speed and movement with their feet. Um, however, I do think, obviously, Tom's got the advantage when, you know, if it goes to the ground. And so I don't know. I don't know what's next. I mean, um, what's coming up? Pavlovich versus no, Blades? No, it's Jelton uh, Almeida versus Blades. And then right. it, and it's also, obviously, John Jones versus Stipe. And Pavlovich is the backup fighter to that. Ah, um, uh, right, 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 I right, think, right. I think, um, I think it's re- to me it felt really pointed that Cyril Garn did not mention Tom Aspinall's name. It was like Tom Aspinall's there, um, you know, he, he'd flown over to be cage side. The end of his last fight in London, he said, "I want to be cage side for Garn Spivak, and the winner of that fight, I beat them, then I fight John Jones." Cyril Garn knows that if he takes on Tom Aspinall, that's probably a title shot next for Garn, as long as maybe John Jones isn't the champion. And I think there's a very high possibility that John Jones and Stipe both retire, or at least Stipe retires and John Jones sort of vacates, going, There's nothing, there's no good business for me right now because there's no huge fights. I'll wait for someone to get big and I'll vacate and then I might come back or something like that. You think that's going to happen? I think it's very possible because there's no, there's not enough money in it maybe for John Jones to fight Tom Aspinall or Sergei Pavlovich right now. There's just maybe not worth risking the legacy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd love him to stick around. I think it'd be great if he did and he took on the Pavloviches and the Tom Aspinalls and stuff like that. But I think there's a lot of talk that Jones will go, I've beaten the greatest heavyweight of all time in Stipe Miocic, I've a two-weight champion. I'm like, other than that weird kind of disqualification, whatever it was, uh, with, was it Mark Hamill? I want to say Mark Hamill, but he is the uh, the guy from Absolute Star Wars. Skywalker, mate, yeah. Uh, Luke Skywalker. Uh, I swear it is something like that, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, um, I think Jones could leave. Jones could be gone. And so the, the winner of, you know, Garn and Aspinall, if that were to happen... The winner of that is going straight into a vacant title fight with Pavlovich, if that is what happens. And yeah, I, I think it was really pointed that he didn't mention Tom's name when Tom's there, and Bisping's even mentioning Tom. Like it's all set up to make that happen. And Garn couldn't say his name, and I think that is because he knows that that is a really bad matchup for him because there's not many people in that division that can match Garn's athleticism and footwork. And don't get me wrong, in a straight kickboxing match you would probably favour Cyril Garn and you would say that athletically and movement-wise, Garn's got this slight edge over Aspinall. However, when you factor in the fact that Aspinall is still very, very good at all that stuff and he's so brilliant 
at the grappling and he's a BJJ black belt and all that stuff. Aspinall will have, will find it so much easier to close the di- distance with his athleticism, to make Garn aware of the strikes. Garn's going to have to worry about two things. With Spivak, all he had to worry about was the takedown. With Aspinall, he will have to worry about his boxing because it is good enough to knock him out. And he will have to worry about getting taken down. So that's when you're like, when you're in two minds about what your opponent's going to do, that's surely when you're going to make a mistake and either drop your guard and get clipped or lift your guard and get taken down. And that's where I think Tom Aspinall is going to have the edge over Cyril Garn and should beat, I think, Cyril Garn. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that... probably why he didn't call him out. Well, I mean, in a world where... Stipe beats John Jones, right, in, in, in this upcoming fight, right? Um, a world that I really don't think exists, by the way. Yeah. But let's just say that happens, right? We've seen very little of John Jones. Very little. Mm-hmm. And I know we've not seen a lot from Stipe in a long time either. But let's just, let's just say Stipe beats John Jones. Does Garn automatically, I mean, does John Jones get a rematch? Like, oh, of course. Yeah. John Jones, because John Jones is such a star. John Jones will get a rematch because he's such a huge star. Um, if I'm Stipe, I'd probably go, I'd have to really weigh up. Is it worth me having a rematch? Because I think Stipe's got one foot out the door anyway. Stipe wasn't right. coming back for anything other than a title shot. Stipe was never going to come back to take on Thomas Benoit, Curtis Blades or someone like that in a number one contender fight. Stipe's like, nah, I'll come back and fight for the belt. Otherwise, I'm just going to go back to being a fireman, having a lovely life in um, Ohio. That is what he's going to do. So I think if you're Stipe, you go, if I fight John Jones in a rematch after beating him, again, this is not going to happen. But let's say, for the sake of argument, it did. He's going to have to get paid a boatload of money to do that rematch because otherwise he could go I'm the great I'm the most winningest heavyweight ever and I've just beaten the unbeatable John Jones retirement see you later my name goes down in history absolute hall of famer without question and everyone talks about Stipe Miocic in a way that they haven't done even with him being the most winningest heavyweight having said that he's like 42 years old Hasn't fought for like two and a bit years or whatever it is. This guy's not going to beat John Jones, in my opinion. Um, and then I think no he'll retire. Wa- but no one wants to see Garn Jones again, do they? The UFC no. aren't going to want that fight. No, no fan wants to watch that fight again. No. So I'm just interested to see where... in in the To go back to the scenario that you threw up at the beginning of it, you know, where he vacates and, and Stipe retires, that's the perfect scenario for Cyril Garn, isn't it? That's yeah. when... He, that's his best shot at getting a title, you know, and and and, and probably you know the, the best chance he's got of getting a title shot. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's, 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 it's interesting. I, I was really surprised that Tom Aspinall weren't in that octagon last night. I thought that was what it was all being set up for. After, like you said, what Tom said in London, the fact he was there, Bisping's there, called it out. I just thought Garm was going to go. It's a great fight. Let's do it. They're going to have a little kind of friendly face-off. I thought that's where it was going, and it seemed far from that. So I'd be interested well, to see where where it all might, goes. There might be a couple of reasons for that, though. One, Cyril Garn completely no-sold the whole thing, was not interested, so that wouldn't have worked. If Garn had called him out and said, yeah, bring him over, I'll take him on, da-da, then you might have had that. But equally, if you're the UFC, they don't do that very often. They do it for fights that they know 100% they're going to make, like Adesanya DDP. That, that, that fight will happen. I know it's not happening next, 
but it will absolutely happen. That's why they did that. Hmm. Um, when it comes to uh, Tom Aspinall, there's a world in which Stipe fights John Jones. John Jones wins. Stipe retires. John Jones vacates because he doesn't feel like there's any real challenges at the moment. And then you've got Pavlovich, who will be one side of a vacant title fight. And they might just throw Tom Aspinall in there. So it would look weird if they went, let's have Tom Aspinall face-to-face with Cyril Garn in Paris, because that fight we want to make happen. And then be in a situation where like, oh, we actually don't want that fight to happen now. We want Tom to just fight Pavlovich in, say, January and just crack on from there. Um, So I can understand from a business point of view why it may not have worked. But again, I think had Cyril Garn said, yeah, I'd love to fight Tom Aspinall, bring him in, then it might have happened. But yeah, it is what it is. But I I think it's telling that Garn wasn't overly keen in, in saying his name. And I do think Tom Aspinall is the best heavyweight in the division, probably possibly outside of John Jones. I don't know. I, I'd love to see that fight. I'd love to see Aspinall versus uh, John Jones and just see if Aspinall yeah. does have what it takes to be the guy that finally uh, took out John Jones. But um, but yeah, Tom Aspinall, other, other than John Jones, is for me the, the guy in the division. Okay. Right. Well, look, let's move on um, and, and let's talk about the, the, the co-main, um, which was uh, Manafaro versus Rose Nama Younes. Um, First thing, I thought uh, Manon looked so much bigger than yes. Rose. And I know we've seen Rose go up for this fight uh, to, to, to 125, but um, I, we're, we're big fuck Rose fans. Um, and don't get me wrong, I've, I've since post-fight seen the, the finger, her little finger, which was oh, bent the wrong way. And it's yeah. not nice. And she flagged that at the end of the first round. So that must have you know, happened yeah. quite early on in the fight. Uh, and so potentially she was fighting with one hand. I mean, she was throwing it, but um, yeah. with how much power, I don't know. Um, I thought Rose looked thoroughly outclassed last night. Uh, Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Uh, I, th- I thought she just was, she just didn't have anything that made her look like a champ about her last night. She didn't look hungry for it. She didn't have loads of answers. She she put in a solid performance, but I just don't think it was anywhere near 
what was potentially expected from her, I thought. What did you think? I thought size was a huge factor. I'm a big advocate of there's, you know, these weight classes exist for a reason, that that size really matters. Um, And she didn't ever seem to be struggling to make straw weight. So the move up, I think, was purely based on I want to achieve like a legacy. I'm already a two-time straw weight champion. It would really do my legacy, you know, really improve it. And it's a legacy that's going to be hard to improve because she's already such a huge fan favourite. She's an inspirational fighter. And as I say, she's won the belt is twice. She, is she still a fan favourite? Like, I think so. Because this, this is what I, I want to talk about, her stock. Because the last fight was horrific. Yeah. Like, a terrible, terrible fight. And last night, I don't think she put in something where I'd be like, I can't wait to see Thug Rose fight again. And I want to know more about the finger and and how debilitating that was for her in that fight because I didn't think she looked exciting. I didn't think like you know I feel like I'm hating on her and I'm a big big fan of Nami Yunus, but I just I just thought she allowed herself to get beaten. It, it really, I I it, don't agree with that. I think that's okay. really harsh. I think I think she was outsized. And it's really difficult to look good against Manon Furo because she moves around so much. She throws a lot of volumes. She she didn't she uses her jab well last night, really well. Um, and Rose just couldn't close dif- distance. I think she tried on a couple of occasions, but she just found it really difficult to deal with Manon Manon's I think size and uh, and her, her game plan of just kind of moving around the octagon so well and. Um, yeah, I, I think if, if Manon was a straw weight, that fight would have been way more competitive. But she wasn't. She hits harder. She can take more punishment. It's harder for Rose to try and get her to the ground at opportunities where she tried to. So, yeah, and also she had the injured finger as well. I don't think Rose's stock has dropped that much. I think she is She is still a big fan favourite. I understand the Carla Esparza thing. I think you just got to give her a pass. I think you just got to say that was a, an atrocious fight a really bad performance from both her and Carla. Um, but Rose has given us so many amazing moments that we give her a pass on that. I, I guess so, right? But Cyril Garn in the press leading up to this, right, spoke about how disappointed he was in his performance, you know, against uh, John Jones. And he went out there last night as a fighter that looked like he wanted to kind of go, right, this is who I am, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. Rose didn't do that, and 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 that's credit to Manon, like for for her game plan and the fact that 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 she fought the way she fought, but that was not a fighter that was trying to, you know, reestablish herself as like I'm coming for that belt. It just didn't. I just didn't think it was there. The, the hunger. It just didn't feel like she wanted it. I think you got to think about what they were both doing though. If you're comparing Cyril Garn's night to Rose Namajunas's night. Cyril Garn for five months ago and uh, was going up against a guy that's ranked below him, is not on his level, is nowhere near him athletically, and really, unless Spivak takes him down, Garn all day wins that fight. Um, And that's what he was doing. He was fighting a guy beneath him. What Rose was doing was having been out the cage for like well over a year, I think, was then going, 
I'm going up in weight, having not really put on much weight. Like she didn't put on muscle mass or anything. I know, but she looked the same as she did at straw weight, basically. And she's fighting someone that is the number three in the world, a woman that is arguably already due a title shot and is much bigger than her and is a really good striker. Like, it sort of feels like apples and oranges. I, I don't think it's fair to, to compare Garn and, and Rose in, in, in that way for that evening. But, but also, Rose is an emotional fighter. And Trevor Whitman wasn't in her corner. I don't know why. And um, I think Trevor Whitman's presence is always really quite soothing and calming for Rose. And he wasn't there. And I think that maybe the busted finger early on and maybe feeling the power of Manon and not being able to reach her. I can imagine Rose being someone that lets the occasion kind of overwhelm her if things aren't going her way early on. You know, I think that is that is part of who she is as a fighter. And I think that's why fans love her, because her emotions are on her sleeve. She's bawling her eyes out when she wins the belt. She's got that moment where she's got that mantra of, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. And she overcomes adversity like that um, publicly. There was, none of that la- there was none of that last night. Well, she was doing the kind of breathing arms thing that she does. I think she was saying something. I think she just struggled with the size and with Manon's The better fighter, capability. the better fighter. Like, yeah. Just a, a much better fighter on the night. And and I just think that uh, I'm taking nothing away from Manon. I thought she, she looked fantastic. And, and I think she made Rose look average last night. And And, and I just thought... This is, you know, you're moving up a division because you want to be a two weight champ, and I don't know, she just didn't didn't strike me as a fighter with a per- like with a big purpose last night, and and I'm I'm hoping that comes down to the injury, I really do, because I like I feel like I'm I'm you know being a bit harsh on 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 Nami Yunus here, because but I, you know something happened to you been... before we recorded this. <sighs> There was a girl oh. with a skin that just bullied me when I went to the shops this morning. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, that's what it is, yeah. You're having PTSD. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, this all makes sense now. All makes sense. Yeah. No, I just, I, I'm a big fan of Thug Rose. We, you know, we, we, we both have, have always championed her and, and, and been big fans. But I just felt it was a bit of a disappointing performance last night from her. No. And, and like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on that. Coming down to it being, uh, uh, you know, the, the 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 broken finger or this great finger, whatever it was, um, but I guess that'll all come out in the wash a bit more about the the, the, the finger. But she yeah. doesn't strike me as a fighter that makes excuses, though, Rose. Do you know what I mean? So maybe we won't even hear too much more. No. But no, we'll I think see. she'll take a break, and I'd like to see her just go back to straw weight. I just don't think flyweight's her weight class. Go back to straw weight. You've got two wins over the champion of that division. One win at straw weight with her name. She gets, she gets a title shot. I'm sure, especially yeah. if Shang's the champ. So, uh, so that makes a lot of sense if she wants to carry that on. Um, in terms of, uh, I'm never sure if it's Manon Fior or Manon Fioro, uh, but either way, uh, title shot for her next. I would imagine. I just don't know whether she jumps ahead of Erin Blanchfield or not. Yeah, I mean they're both definitely due to shot, and and I, I, and I thought. Manon looked every inch the fighter that deserves that that shot, and uh, I don't know. I don't know who do you who do you think gets it next? I don't know. I I think I think Erin Blanchfield is a bigger star, but maybe she's a bit younger. I'd have to check this out. I think Blanchfield's only about twenty four. 
So Manon, I'm not sure how old Manon is, but like I think that uh, I, I really like Blanchfield, and I really think she's brilliant, and I think she's filled holes in her striking and her grappling's so good. Yeah, Manon's 33, so there's part of me that thinks Blanchfield, as much as I think she's earned it, I think she's also very young. So maybe you give Manon the shot first. But we have to also wait and see what happens between Shevchenko and Grasso in the rematch. Because I feel if Shevchenko beats Grasso, that's it. It was a sort of, um, you know, Grasso beat her in the first one, but Shevchenko wins the second one. We don't need a trilogy right away. Let's just crack on with the division. We do Shevchenko, Manon Furo, or Shevchenko, Erin Blanchfield. However, some people will think, and it might make things nice, neat, and tidy, um, that if you're one and one, you have to do a trilogy. I was talking to Jack Shaw about it last night. He was of the mind that, now, if you're one and one, you have to do the trilogy. Um, so if they, if Shevchenko wins, and then they have to do, or they feel they have to do, the Grasso-Shevchenko trilogy, then it would make things neat and tidy if you go, okay, sorry, girls, this is going to happen. Why don't Blanchfield fight Manon Furo for an, uh, like a definite number one contender fight? Winner of that faces the winner of the trilogy. But we'll have to see if Grasso beats Shevchenko for a second time. Uh, I think you've got to do uh, Furo or Blanchfield as 100%. the next up. And I suppose it's what makes the best business. If you're in uh, New York or, or wherever, then then you go with Blanchfield. But uh, maybe if you're going to Europe, maybe you can do uh, Furo. I'm not sure. We'll have to we'll have to see. But I think both both girls have done enough to get a title shot next. They shouldn't have to fight anyone else before they fight it, for the belt next. It's just who do you choose first? As you know, we, we've mentioned that French crowd, and, and, and they were so vocal throughout the whole of the event. However, the most muted I heard that French crowd was on this fight, and I put that down to the fact that people love Thug Rose, not that they've not fans of Manon, but obviously every French fighter that come out, and it was a great night for the French last night, every French fighter come out, the roar and the singing was yeah. just unreal. Um, yeah. But it did seem at its most muted when it was, uh, when, when Manon was fighting. And I do, I, I do put down that to down to the fact. Right, I don't okay. think it's down to people loving Rose. I think people do love Rose, but I think that French crowd were always going to be behind Furo. I think it was a fine fight, a good fight, but it was a three-round decision, a bit of evading, a bit of jabbing. Like, it wasn't all action. When you think of the other fights that the crowd had just witnessed, Morgan Charrier finishing in the first round with body kicks and looking great. And Morgan Charrier is like a superstar in France. We'll, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely want to talk about that. Yeah, that, but that I mean, I mean well, we can talk about it now if, if we want to. But, like, you know, there's that. There was the weird finish with William Gomez. Volkan Uzdemir dispatched of uh, Guskov inside the first round. And then you had um, uh, Benoit Saint-Denis. Oh, my God, that absolute amazing two rounds of, of carnage with Thiago Moises. Like, that was what that French crowd had leading up to this moment. And then maybe the crowd just goes, God, we've had a lot of crazy excitement. And, oh, we're going to take a bit of a breather now because we've got... a." Uh, you know, it's not the most action-packed. No one's getting knocked out. There's not huge blows being thrown. It's not a 50-50 war. Rose is really struggling to find Manon, and Manon's skirting around and popping out the jab and all that stuff. So I think 
maybe it was the fight style that I wouldn't say quietened the crowd. I'm sure they were still still buzzing, but you know, it wasn't the same as then Garn coming out and absolutely beating the crap out of Sergei Spivak. So I think yeah. the style of the fight makes a huge difference. Okay. Well, look, you mentioned him, so let's 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 the, the fight before that was was a, a a big fight to follow, and that was the God of War, uh, Benoit Saint Denis um, versus uh, Thiago Moises, and and it was a just an absolute cracker, wasn't it? It mm. was just that that's what you want, you know. You, you it was just non-stop right from the, the the first round to the you know to the to the end of the second when it all finished and th- th- there was times when uh, you know I, I thought Thiago like w- was was looking solid and was throwing big shots back and and it was I just think that the God of War was in his hometown last night and he was happy to stand and trade and I think he just had something a little bit better you know last night and and he it was just a absolute brawn I loved it absolutely loved it and yeah I, I think it was a great opportunity for Saint Denis to just say to the world I'm for real and like yeah. you know I, I'm, I'm because you know we've seen him in some great fights before always much further down the card and I think having that crowd behind him last night and the world hearing that crowd when that fight happened I think his stock has rocketed like he's going to become a big fan favourite and I think he's a real problem at 155 I completely agree I mean this guy is ex-like special forces French army has won medals uh, yeah. through combat and all that stuff he's I'll on a take fu- him <laughs> <laughs> I'll take him mate oh, well, a couple of medals no, no, not in the octagon mate but like, a good old fashioned tear up in a pub oh, just car, on street I'll... fight well there's no like, rules yeah, in street yeah, fight yeah, is yeah. there mate yeah that's yeah, it mate. No, yeah. no, no, he won't see what I've got coming don't worry about it <laughs> Whiffin's done a few rounds on the bag this morning Whiffin knows what he's doing Old man Whiffin will have him um, <laughs> never been in a street fight down in greys has he mate um, I ain't being funny. An MMA fighter that's ex-special forces, like, I mean, that, that's just a legit problem right there, isn't it? That's just someone in life that's just, I mean, <laughs> what do you say? I mean, Jesus Christ. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, just sorry. If you're in his vicinity, just apologise. If you're anywhere yeah. near him, just say, sorry, I exist. Um, I'm so, going uh, there. Yeah, um... I mean, yeah, four-fight win streak. His first fight in the UFC, he lost, but it was short notice and it was upper weight class, upper welterweight. So, uh, lightweight, he's unbeaten. And every fight he wins, he finishes. He's a fan favourite. Every fight he wins, he finishes. No decisions on anything whenever he wins a fight. So, yeah, and the thing is, he goes to war with people on the feet. Like, he absolutely is just taking one to give two testing his chin doesn't matter could have got knocked out by Moises at any moment it felt like um but he's a wrestler and a submission artist as well I mean this guy has got the lot he he might need to learn when he gets to the upper echelons of the division to calm it down a little bit but as a fan I don't want him to I think it's absolutely fantastic I really want to see him get a ranked guy next and off the top of my head I know Jalen Turner is coming off that loss to Dan Hooker. And Jalen Turner's ranked somewhere in the top kind of 15 to 10 range. I'm not sure where Jalen Turner is. Might be like 13 or 12. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Well, for something like that. He's coming off a loss. Oh, I would love to see Benoit Saint-Denis versus Jalen Turner. I think that would be a cracker. I think that, that fight does not see the bell, I don't think. Um yeah, I'd I'd love to see that fight, but there's other options as well. You can give him other options. Any anyone in that kind of fifteen to ten range, I think you 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 go there. You go Benoit. You've earned this. Go and do that. And I think this guy is going to be a guy we'll watch for years to come and go. I love watching J- that fight. Jalen Turner's ranked twelfth. Right. Yeah, that, 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 that's that's a good fight. Like I'm 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 definitely down with that. And uh, mm, yeah, okay. I don't know who else is booked. I can see Diego Ferreira and Matt Frivola and, and I, I think Hamanato Moicano is booked, but I can't remember who that's against. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't <clears throat> I didn't really hear too much of his um, post-fight. Did he call anyone out? I didn't. To be honest, the way we were filming the, the watch-along sure. thing, we couldn't really hear all of that. I was just, you know, there chatting away to Jack Shaw and Rob Beckett and Nick Pete, mate. Sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah, I should sorry. have been listening. I was only sitting in my front room on my own, yeah, just watching exactly. it. Yeah. In um, the dark. <laughs> crying. Um, um, right. So, I mean, what what other fights do we want to talk about? Because I think you well, know, uh, we've covered pretty much everything. I mean, obviously, sad to see Kalen Lochran not well, not win his fight, but that was a really kind of messed up situation. They had a lot of. Um, Fighters pull out of fights and they rejig the card. And Caelan Lochran went from fighting Yanis Gemori, who ended up fighting William Gomez, uh, upper weight, to fighting Lapalus, who is like a guy that had previously four fights in the UFC, was three and one in the UFC, then got cut, won a title in like Aries, then went back to the UFC. So the experience level of Lapalus compared to Caelan Lochran was a vast difference. And for Kalen to have to do that on short notice as well felt quite harsh. I think had he started his fight at his um his pro debut against uh Yanis Gamori, we would be telling a very different story about uh Kalen's debut right now. What did what did you make of it? Or did you even get to see the Kalen on the prelims? I, I did, yeah. And uh that that was probably the fight I was most looking forward to. Um and yeah, it was it was a tough night in the office. I think uh, I don't think Kalen's uh, height done him any favours. I think he was struggling to, to to make up the distance. He was going for the takedowns, um, but I just also thought um, Taylor looked huge. Like he yeah. was absolutely like stacked, and you know, <laughs> I was so excited because obviously. You know, at the Waynes and that, Kalen giving it to the, oh, the, the, the yeah. French crowd, and it was like, you know, we all love a bit of this. And and obviously, he was walking out; they'd all seen it. They're all booing him, and he was, he was just loving it. And it was like, and 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 you want, you know, the more showman you get in in the sport, yeah. you know, it, it's great. And uh, and he's never short of something to say, and and he's been very humble uh, on, on his socials today as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, obviously, I think we're still going to see really exciting things from him, and. 
I, I just I just felt for him last night. I think you know, yeah. it, 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 UFC experience wasn't on his side last night. It was definitely on Taylor's, and I think that that showed. And uh, yeah. but yeah, look forward to to kind of dusting that one off and uh, and coming back. Bigger, yeah. stronger, better. Taylor Lapless, as you said, has been in the UFC. He's 19 and 3, so he's had 22 fights. Kalen Lochran, that was only his ninth fight, fight professionally. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge yeah. difference there in terms of experience, as you say. So, yeah, so I don't um, think we're going to take too much from Kalen's loss. No, there. not at all. I not think he's still, gonna, still can achieve great things. And we saw Reese McKee um, return to the UFC and. I'm, I'm sure that certainly wasn't the, the, the return that he was looking for. Um, I tell you Angela what, though, Lusa. if you're the UFC, you are rebooking him in some fights because that yeah. he showed an unbelievable chin, could have been finished, and then came back and nearly won the fight in the third round. I mean, that was such a crazy fight. I, I, I don't know what got fight of the night, but it's either Benoit Saint-Denis and Tanago Moises or... It's that Reese McKee fight because that was an absolutely crazy potential comeback from Reese McKee. It's such a shame he didn't quite get there in the end. Yeah. Uh, performance of the night went Cyril Garn. Fight of the night went to um, God of War. And the other performance of the night obviously went to the the, the next fight that I'll, I'll, we should talk about, which is Morgan Cherrier. Yeah. Um, who obviously is a, a you know a, a, a legend over at Cage Warriors and. What a absolute statement he made last night. Yeah. That first body kick was incredible and yeah. absolutely folded Manolo. And on the way down, he managed to get another one in. And it was yeah. like, oh, Jesus Christ, leave him alone, man. Yeah. Like, he's had enough. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was horrible to see. Um, he nearly but kicked it was him all... when he was grounded because he sort of started <laughs> to get up and they just booted him in his chest. It was like there was no respect. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Really, I mean, but absolute dream start to a uh, UFC career in in your hometown, first round KO, and oh. uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure um, we're going to see really really exciting things from from him moving forwards. Um, the yeah, only I mean, other he's thing so that... popular as well as we mentioned earlier, like he's he's got so many social media followers, and the ceremonial weigh-ins, everyone went nuts for him. Yeah. This guy, like, if he's booked right, could be a bit of a star for the UFC, particularly in that French market. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the only other thing, I guess, was the slightly, uh, uh, you know, it's quite a divisive bit of uh, conversation about the uh, third-round body kick from um, Gomez uh, on Yanis. Um, was it a low shot? Um, and I mean, God's sake, in combat sports, how many more debatable body shots we're going to have in the last last week. It's been ridiculous. And I literally re-watched the, the USEC fight yesterday afternoon. It was on uh, TNT before uh, the, the the UFC. So I watched the fight again and watched a million different angles of was that a low blow from Dubois? I still don't think it was. I think we should have a British champion right now. Um, and then to see that and... Can we just touch on, on that? Because I don't know enough about boxing, but my... Understanding from reading some tweets from some people that know way more than me is that you can't hit anywhere below the navel and the belt line or whatever was like on the navel. So when he hits him on that belt bit, that is a low blow. Like that's I my don't think... I don't know enough about boxing. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying this is what I'm I hearing don't think from it's an illegal shot. And and he didn't have any points deducted. 
Like, surely, if you throw that, you'd have, you know, a, a, a deduction of points straight away. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I've watched it from many angles. To me, that just looks like a really solid body shot. Yes, he's on the belt. Like, but the belt was low. Um, you know, he, he jacked that belt up. I mean, I'm a massive, massive Usyk fan. I'm not going to hate on him. I'm a huge, huge fan uh, of Usyk. Um but I do think he was Dubois was massively outclassed post that, and, and we saw Rusek really come into his own and do what he does. But I do think he was potentially robbed of of, of winning the world title with with a, a, a really big body shot. And, and obviously, um, you know that's always up for debate. People have got you know our mate Cole Frampton, who we bumped into, um, who I was a bit starstruck meeting. Uh, he was there, uh, you know, commentating, and he was like. That's a body shot. That is a body shot. That is not a low shot. And uh, and I think Steve Bunce was saying the same. Um, and But, yeah, obviously it, it makes for great fun on the socials. Everybody's got their opinions on it. And obviously this isn't as, as huge a, a fight in the, the world of combat sports as, as, as Isek Dubois. But an interesting... Because Yanis was game, wasn't he? And it was a good fight. And... You know, it didn't did feel like think? the ref gave him enough time. No, it was like the ref was like, I don't know, like quickly saying that wasn't low. Continue, and because Gamori was just taking a moment by like the fence or whatever, he waved it off so quickly. I yeah. feel like he should have gone, "Come on, get here and fight." And Gamori could have protested a little bit, but carried on. Yeah. Whereas I and I also felt it was really close because. As much as the initial impact wasn't on the cup, the follow-through did seem to move the cup. So mm. I feel like that was really quite harsh because I think even if you go, hey, that is a legal shot, I'm not, I think the impact that did the damage was not touching the cup, anything like that, that's fine. But give him a chance to actually respond because as far as he's concerned, he's been hit low. And you know what fighters do. It's wrong because they need to protect themselves at all times. But they sort of turn their backs. They're shifting their shorts around and stuff and and all that. And it was like the ref said something and a split second later was waving it off. It's like you've got to give him a moment to sort of digest the fact. Oh, what? That was low. No, it wasn't. Oh, for fuck's sake, I've got to carry on, have I? Like give him that moment and he didn't. I have to say I'm less bothered about it because I felt like Gomis was doing really well. And he was, was on his way fight. to victory. So I don't feel like had it been the other way around and Gomez was robbed of a victory because of a moment like yeah. that, I felt that would have been out of order. But I think you're right. I think you're but right. Because the right guy won, I'm less bothered about it, but it still wasn't right. I think that ref was a bit too quick. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, look, before we uh, wrap things up, if you've not seen it yet, head over to, uh, you might well be watching this on YouTube, but if you're not, and you've not checked out our YouTube channel yet, I direct you straight over to last week's episode, which is with the mighty Bruce Buffer. Blake and I went to this beautiful TV studio and sat down and recorded a wonderful uh, interview with with the legend that is Bruce. And we've had some amazing feedback from 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 many of you. So thanks everyone that's dropped us a message to say that they've been enjoying that show. And um, we're going to be having lots more kind of really good stuff coming up on the on the video front in the future we're working on something at the moment um that hopefully is going to really sort of 
change the way that this 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 podcast is 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 seen visually. Um, so lots of exciting things coming your way. Also coming your way. Who's fighting next weekend? What we got? What we got We've coming got up? UFC 293. So this week we will be putting out a pre-UFC 293 episode. We're not exactly sure when that will be coming your way, but it will be coming Spoiling your way. Spoiling them, Blake. Spoiling them. Spoiling them, mate. I mean, I wish we were spoiling them. I'll tell you who's not getting spoiled. The fans with this pay-per-view event. It ain't great. Let's be honest. Oh. It ain't great. We've, we have been spoiled. UFC 290, 291, 292 even. Fantastic cards. Loved every minute of it. The fight night card, um, the week after with Shevchenko Grasso for the belt, which is on a fight night card, not a pay per view, which is unique. And then it's got like um, Jack Della Maddalena versus Kevin Holland. Who? I'd rather watch that Jack Della Maddalena uh, versus Big Mouth Kevin Holland. That is almost a, a better card than the. Is I've just got no interest in Adesanya Strickland. I've got no interest in listening to Strickland speak for a week. That is one of the things that's pissing me off more than anything else. And then the co-main is Tai Tuivasa versus Alexander Volkov. Could be a good fight. Love a bit of Tai Tuivasa. Hope he walks down to the ring to Barbie Girl or, you know, Celine Dion or something. Good on him. Love you, Ty. But other than that, there ain't much on that card that's getting me going. So we will be releasing a, a, a pre-293 episode. And we will talk about a few of these things and... Hopefully, a bit of uh, Dricker Stupla C and, and where he fits into all of this as well. We'll be talking about that. But uh, yeah, uh, you, you're not going to stay up late to watch it if you're in England no, you, you, are, you, or you, in the UK. You, you're not. Oh, yeah. You're going to record it and, and get up. And you might not even set your alarm for six. You might just wake up when you wake up and, and watch it. Sean Strickland is an absolute penis. I have literally anything that I just stumble across on the socials. With some kind of quote from him, it's like, come on, man. Like, Could you take him at the same time as taking Benoit Saint-Denis? You could, right? You could, <laughs> you could take him both at the same time, yeah? Oh, it depends. It depends. Oh, well, put it this way, right? So, <laughs> it what, what will happen is, right? So, Benoit, right? I'm, I'm, I want him fresh, right? I, I want to be fresh for that, right? So, I'll have... One, one, three, four. I'll have four. I'll have four Stellas, right? And then, then, I, then I'll, I'll, I'll have a go. I'll have a go, right? I'll end up like dropping him, and he'll end up being sort of slumped over the bonnet of a Ford yeah, yeah. Fiesta, right? Yeah, the, the, the medal-winning French Special Forces mixed martial artist. Yeah, you drop him after four Stellas. Yeah, got it. Got it. Right. Got it. So, like, I, I ain't an animal, mate. I'll pick him up. You know, I'll probably call him an ambulance. Make sure he's looked after. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's um, a veteran for crying out loud. It's the least you could do. Exactly, mate. Exactly. And then Strickland. I think I'd make light work of him. I really do. I think I'd make light work. I, I, I think, like, once he's tasty, kiss, kiss, and bang, bang, I think, like, yeah, I think that that's, you know, it's it's an easy night's work for me, that. I'll probably be a little bit gassed, like, but... Well, yeah, you're a 50-year-old man. You'll be a little bit yeah. tired. No, bit I know. Tired. I, I, yeah. I know, but I would have had a couple of bags of scampi fries and another pint before that. <laughs> I'm not just going to, like, march straight into another one. I need to be loose, mate. I need to be loose. <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. And then Coming on your, way, on your way to the all. kebab shop. Job, job done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I'll be uh, off for a off, off for a shoey with two of us. Like, yeah, all over it. <laughs> I really hope we don't ever get offered either of them for oh. the podcast. Well, I have to say, have you called Sean Strickland a melt before? No, but I will do. Yeah. Well, well no, because we're worried about the melt curse now because you used to call Sean O'Malley a melt. Yeah. And then he he's got the belt. 
Melt yeah. equals belt. So if you call Sean Strickland yeah. a melt, he might upset Adesanya if the curse is real. Let's test it. If you call Strickland a melt and he wins, then the melt curse is real. I'm definitely going to refrain from calling Colby a melt anymore just in case he gets Leon. Oh, Jesus. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, man, we're all going to blame you. Yeah, it's a melt-free zone, this podcast now, mate. No, I'm, I'm, I'm putting melt in the bin, mate. It ain't happening anymore. Um, look, we, we've got to the end of today's episode. Um, as we said, go and check out the Bruce video because um, it's a real, real good watch. And, uh, and, and other than that, go and check out the back catalogue, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you get your, uh, your podcasts because we've had a real who's who of guests. I mean, we've talked about a lot of Aussie fighters uh, in the last five minutes. Why not go and check out um, one of two conversations we've had with uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. Go and check out our episodes with Volk. Um, Dan Hooker, we mentioned uh, Dan Hooker earlier as well. Got a great chat with Dan Hooker. You can go and check out. And a real who's who of, uh, of, of UFC stars. So go and have a good old rummage in our archive. And uh, subscribe while you're over there. We will see you, um, well, probably in the next day or so. Or if not, I don't know if you drop them both on the same day. We'll, if you subscribe, you won't have to worry about that. But there'll be the, the UFC pre-293 show dropping very, very soon. Other than that, I think that's all she wrote, mate. Layers. Layers. <laughs> <laughs>